From pillar to post and coast to coast. This is a one-man gang. You're listening to a book. Hey, do you watch wrestling? Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to fight! Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Matthew Terry and this is the It's Time to Fight podcast. Now, we are going to forego the uh, the ex- little extra segments that we sometimes do on here um, for the sole reason that uh, I got Holden Albright on the podcast today and him and I talk a little long and we're trying to we're trying to get us into the wheelhouse of about 45 minutes those seem to be the ones that people enjoy the most that are the most convenient for the drive home for the workout for what have you 45 minutes seems to be um, the sweet spot if you will uh, and, uh, on another little note, but I will, I will say that if you're looking for a wrestling interview, this is not the interview for you to be listening to. Um, we talk about, we do talk about wrestling a little bit, but for the most part, we talk about ex-girlfriends, we talk about, uh, strippers, we talk about voices in your head, like literal voices in your head. Uh, we talk about a lot of things and we kind of stay away from wrestling. So in one aspect, if you're looking for a wrestling interview, you might not really be, you know, that entertained. But if you're looking for a damn good, fun conversation, this is one of those. Uh, had a great time talking to Holden. Uh, him and I sat down before the last Alpha One show in Oshawa, uh, which was Rutkus, and uh, sat down for uh, close to about 40 minutes. Now, before we get to get there, I do have to say that I do appreciate you clicking on that play button. You know I appreciate every click that that play button gets. We do have a lot of play buttons that you can go to and you can click on. We are on Podbean. We are on Spotify. We are on iTunes. Go over there. Give us a five-star rating. It does help. Uh, But most of all, go over to timetofight.ca. You can listen to every episode of this incarnation of It's Time to Fight podcast. So head on over to It's Time to Fight, or sorry, timetofight.ca and uh, listen to all those great videos, uh, past uh, matches from Moonshine Brand Wrestling, the uh, Let's Talk Bud uh, YouTube series from BMD is on there, and uh, we're starting to get the NSW overload on there. So a lot of great stuff. Go check out timetofight.ca. But before you do that, this is my conversation with Holden Albright. All right. How you doing, Holden? I'm all right. Have you just been recording this whole time? No, I turned it on like two minutes ago. Okay. Or not two minutes ago, like, I don't know. Anyway, okay. after we sat down, I was writing down where you're from. Okay, all uh-huh. right. So how are you doing? I, I'm tired. You're tired? Yeah. Why are you tired? Uh, I don't sleep full, like, REM cycles. So, like, you need at least three hours to have some sort of, like, gear change. And I sleep, like, blocks of two and a half hours. Or someone will wake me up. Okay. So it's when you work early mornings and still want to hang out with friends in uh, evenings and then also want to go toy hunting in the afternoons. Okay. <laughs> so speaking of REM cycles, do you have do you have a Fitbit? No. No? I didn't know this. My Fitbit records my sleeping okay. patterns. So did you find out how bad you're sleeping? Yes. 
Yeah, and then I started studying it, and uh, it was stuff like, you know, stop drinking coffee at noon and uh, uh, your sugar intake. Yeah. And so I've tried to. Because, like, there's REM sleep, and then there's, like, deep sleep yeah. and light sleep. And then it tells me all the times that I've woken up, uh-huh. which amazed me. Because, like, you wake up, and, like, I saw this, and I had, w- like, woken up, like, 25 times one night. And you don't know. And I'm just, yeah. But it's just, like, you'll wake up for a second, and then you'll go back to sleep. I heard it's every, like, 25 years or every 20 or 30 that you can't sleep longer than three hours, whereas your body will naturally wake up to either readjust how you're sleeping or you'll go to the washroom. And it just happens so subconsciously that you don't remember it most of the time. Yeah. But uh, there was a tweet I saw of someone put up a video because they have – it's not a Fitbit, but, like, it's a phone app, and it records you while you sleep. Okay. And there's just a bunch of weird audio samples, and it was all the times they farted. (laughs) While they were sleeping, so it's just like it's a one-minute <laughs> clip of different farts, and one of them was like a 25-second fart. Like it was impressive. Okay. <laughs> I look at weird stuff. I either look at dead bodies or people farting while they're sleeping. Why? Um, okay, so I, I saw, <laughs> do you remember like the first like messed-up thing you ever saw that wasn't that was real? Like either like a dead person or a decapitation or something. The first messed-up thing. I feel like I should. Like, there's kind of like a flash in my head right yeah. now. I wish I could remember what but it like was. But, like, we also come from different generations where it's like you probably witnessed it in real life or, like, on the news where it's like I searched this out on bestgore.com yeah. and Snopes. I'm going to say when I was 11 years old, my dad and I hit a deer and, like, hit a deer badly. And just exploded. Oh, it just exploded. And, like, we got out of the car and uh, walked over and, like, yeah, like, pieces. Yeah, and you're like, so oh, I think, wow. Uh, yeah. But I also grew up on a farm. Oh, okay. So, like, I've given birth to cows, and I've I've cut the heads off of chickens. So, but there's something about an exploded deer. That's but a I I different. think that's the thing that kind of just I like, went whoa because like you, know, you weren't ev- prepared for it exactly. Yeah. Because like at first I didn't even know what had happened because I was actually sleeping. It was okay. like in the middle of the night, and uh, I just remember because like it was uh, my dad's pickup truck, <laughs> and he's got the uh, the bench seat. Yeah. So I'm laying down on the bench seat. We hit the deer, and I rolled onto the floor. And then, you know, I kind of, like, get up, like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. And my dad said we hit a deer. And so, I, you know, I get up, and, yeah, I'm not, I'm like, half asleep and yeah. everything. And then and uh, you're 11. And you're and also I'm 11. 11. But, again, I was I grew up on a farm, yeah. so it's kind of like you're, yeah, you're an educated yeah. 11. Like, you're a little desensitized slightly. A little bit, yeah. So, like, for me, though, I remember being on Snopes.com, which is, like, a myth-busting website. And they have a section called photography, where it's spelled F-A-U-X. Yeah. So, and it shows, like, what's a fake image and then what's real. Like, how they accidentally put a penis on the cover artwork of The Little Mermaid just because of how the spirals added up. Where you're looking at, like, the big picture, you're not really paying. And then you're like, oh, that's a penis in the middle. So they had to, like, <laughs> re-edit that. But then also, like, the two things I remember that was the first things was... There was a dude who was running from the cops, and he, like, jumped over, like, a small building to hop down, like, maybe three stories or two stories. Yeah. And there's, like, the iron fences there, Mm -hmm. and it caught him right under the jaw, and it just decapitated him. So there's a dude there with long dreads, and his body just on the ground, and just, like, blood coming out from the body. But it's all, like, five photos. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's messed up. But then the next thing I saw, which could have been the same day, could have been the next thing, was a thing called... uh, kitten stepping and it was a thing from japan of people who would be wearing like high heels and stepping on uh on baby kittens 
and it's like what the hell because I've always had pets and I saw this and it, luckily it was just photos and it was like one photo of her holding the cat one of the cat on the ground the next one of her like with her shoes lit up and it's like if you want to see the fourth photo you have to click here to make sure you're okay with it and I'm dumb so I clicked and I was like oh wow that's messed up and then that led me down to bestscore.com and all this stuff whereas I'm like I explained this to someone I work with yeah and I was like oh that's probably why I'm messed up as a human now and I'm broken <laughs> it's because of this specific series of photos yeah I uh, growing up my mom had uh, a couple of or a friend that were a couple and uh, they were both in the military okay I can't remember what she did but he was a military photographer but he would, he would, uh, you know, like when an ac- a car accident happens or like the police take photos, kind of like the CSI type yeah. thing. Well, it was his job to go to like war zones. Like he would like, you know, all, you know people that would go to, to yeah. Afghanistan or whatever. And uh, he would just kind of stick around. But then when something happened, like if somebody gets shot or if some, like something happens, it was his job to go into the zone and take pictures of it so that he would bring them back and they could analyze, like, okay, well, you know, maybe it was in the wrong spot or something. And I remember, I can't remember the circumstances, but someone was in a plane, like in a war plane, and, like, they're in the cockpit, and something happened inside the cockpit that I don't know if, like... uh, Like altitude thing? Just, like, boom? No. Okay. It was some kind of, like, bomb or... I pictured, like, brain all over inside the cab. I don't think so. Maybe I've desensitized. <laughs> Maybe I've pushed that out of my head. But I remember he had just taken the photos, and he asked me if I wanted to see them. Like a bomb went off and in the how cockpit. how old are you? By this point, I'm 14. So, yeah, you're like, I want to see these photos. Well, he's telling me. He's like, oh, you know, and he tells me what happened. And then he says, I had to go take pictures of it. And it was co- completely contained. Like, I remember this guy was in the air. Something happened inside the cockpit, and the plane essentially landed itself so they had like they were able to like find the plane and then they're taking pictures of it and or maybe he had a co-pilot or something yeah. anyway but yeah he took pictures of the inside of this cockpit and i remember him saying do you want to see the pictures and like i'm my mom is just like no he doesn't want to see the pictures and i'm like yeah i kind of want to see the pictures yeah and i remember yeah so but the, they weren't terrible like i think not it, hairy enough saver no <laughs> Past guest Shane Saber tried to show mooning me his us. Butt. Try it, he did. Disgust me. It's exciting. Not Exa- well, hair, what we're sitting here, sitting yeah. here talking about, yeah. he's mooning us, just like yeah, no big deal, Shane. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I remember like. Has the this p- been the most like graphic start of a podcast for you? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, I'm happy about that. But. <laughs> we don't really talk about that stuff. Yeah. But uh, I'm trying to think if anybody else. Not really. Like. Um, Gregory Iron came on here right after he had got hit by like a Singapore cane or something. Uh, and um, Angelina Love was kind of upset when she first sat down. But, <laughs> you know, other than that. <laughs> she just brought up decapitated people and stepping on cans? No, no, no. She didn't bring that Which, up. Which, by the way, I don't endorse the stepping on cans thing. It's just one of those weird things you find and you're like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. I didn't finish. Yeah. I didn't finish. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's something that we don't talk about, really. <laughs> It's about finishing. Um, so what? Uh, let, let's. This is a wrestling podcast. <laughs> it's kind of. So well, actually, because before we sat down, I asked you where you're from. Yeah. Because obviously, I'm going to ring announce you tonight. Yeah. And the the darkest corner of your mind. Yeah. 
It is, makes sense. Is, what is, I'm yeah, now about. that kind of makes sense. <laughs> the darkest corner of my mind is all of my mind. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and it's something cooler than saying North York or Brampton. Well, yeah. Like I said to Evan Greenaway, who's who's here, because um, one day he was jokingly, I know, like totally innocent t- type thing. I said, okay, so you're from Hamilton? He's like, yep, Hamilton, Ontario. I said, okay. And he's like, Canada. I said, okay. And he's like, planet Earth. And I'm like, okay, do you want me to say the whole thing? And he's like, no, no. And I said, why not? Yeah, it's different. Especially yeah. if there's going to be so many people from Hamilton in the current area. Exactly. And that, and if I'm if I'm ring announcing and I say Hamilton, yeah. and he want like I paused it, I said Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, Planet Earth, people listen yeah. to that and they're like, who's the, who's coming out to this? Yeah. Like, so right away, and I told him this because this is what I was taught. Um, you know, g- get their attention as yeah. soon as you come out. And, like, you do a great job of that, and we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. But then you have to have the goods yeah. to keep their attention. Because you can either gain their attention, hopefully, but then if you gain it at the start, it's like a fire where if you just throw flash paper in the air and you're like, oh, shit, there's flames, but then there's nothing after. Yeah, and then it's, like, just, oh, it's just kind of like, okay, everybody's fine. Yeah. Yeah, there's no more fire. But, yeah, so – and but I told him, like, but then – and Evan – um, I don't know your opinion, but I think Evan does. He's he's on his way yeah, yeah. to the fact that he like works hard. he does. He works hard and he has a move set yeah. that's not too complicated, but it does kind of yeah. keep people's attention. Yeah. Now you keep people's attention. You come out with the uh, the wolf mask. The wolf mask. Yeah. That kind of gets bloody everybody's leather jacket. The bloody leather jacket. So that kind of yeah. gets everybody's attention. Um, where where did that come from? Like the the wolf head and the because so it's actually quite it's co- actually quite elaborate. Your wolf head, like you can control the yeah, mouth. Yeah. So the mouth is it's from a thing called I think California costumes, and it's called uh, animate animotion because it's an animal that has motion to it. So uh, I was doing the rhyme maker stuff with Mark Wheeler, Jody Thread, and Stratosphere, and we were wearing like face masks, and then I went to a Spirits Halloween on November 1st because it's discounted. We mentioned Shane Saber. I feel like that would go hand in hand of the uh, Thrifty Boys. So uh, what happened though is I got this big bunny mask and I was like, this will just be a fun little thing to wear. And it was only, it was a huge, it looked like a mascot head, but it was only the face, but like the teeth opened up and it was hidden by like lips or something. And like, it was a cool mask. I wore it for a little bit. And then when we broke up the riot makers, we justified it because I got hit in the head with a ladder in January that that's what made me go crazy. And I started talking to the rabbit head, which I was calling Johnny. And then it was like that was a justification. And I just started attacking everyone in my group until I just attacked everyone. And then at Anime North, I'm outside of a Tim Horns at 2 a.m. I wasn't driving, so I definitely wouldn't be able to pass a sobriety test. Okay. But then I'm just drinking a coffee and I drop the mask and the jaw breaks. And I'm like, shoot. Why do you have the mask in front of a Tim Hortons? Because it was Anime North. I was also wearing a suit. Oh, okay, okay, Like, it all blended in. There was no reason for me. I was doing magic tricks and telling people that I'm going to be a serial killer in 30 years. Okay. Like, it was just weird. These people, there are people with stories from that Anime North. I was like, I saw this dude in a three-piece suit wearing a bunny mask showing magic tricks saying he was going to become a serial killer in 10 years. Yeah. And I told him, yeah, when you see me on the news in 10 years, you're going to be like, oh, I remember this time at Anime North, that dude. Like, it's this <laughs> weird cross-section. These people have these memories. Yes. So I dropped the mask. I'm like, oh, no. And I was trying to find a new mask. Uh, and then it was, like, between, like, this goblin thing, a couple other things, and uh, the wolf. And everyone kept telling me, don't get the wolf because it looks 
it looks too trying hard to be scary. Okay. But at that time, I already had the wolf with three eyes tattooed on my shoulder. Oh, and I'm okay. like, I think it blends in. And the wolf head is smaller than the bunny one. And the fabric goes over my whole head. Okay. So it looks a little more blended in as one instead of just this giant uh, plastic thing over my face. That definitely, like, Jody wore it in a match once because we had a tag match and someone put on her head and gave her like a stunner or something and like she cut her nose on it because it's just hard plastic on the inside whereas the wolf mask there's limited plastic and a lot more fabric and pl uh, and uh, rubber to it okay so then I was like okay and I just started wearing it and, like people are like oh okay that looks cool and then yeah I named him Walter he's a little banged up right now it's definitely the full house show mode as I'm looking over at him <laughs> and uh, but there is a brand new one that if I do anything that's a big event or TV related or stuff because in indie wrestling in 2019, there's a lot of small, big indie uh, TV things happening. Yeah. So it's like, I have that in my back pocket, but, um, what's up, homie? What's up, Trey? How's it going? What's up, buddy? The, uh, the non-consent, uh, not definitely consent show. Hey, how's it going, buddy? How's it going, man? Good to see you. Just how the rascals doing a run-in. <laughs> Uh, so it was just like I got the wolf mask and then I just started building stuff around that and just like basically the mask uh, I tell people I found it in the woods it's not a mask it's Walter it's my friend it's near those weird porn magazines that are also in the woods you just go left towards the dark side and you find Walter yeah. and it's basically when I say darkest corner of my mind everyone has that little like subconscious voice that's like I can murder this person right now or I could do something worse but we don't act on it because yeah. it's illegal Walter's that voice and unfortunately when I'm looking at him he'll tell me these things and it's my version of war paint when I uh, wear it out to the ring of like we become one and that's where I'm on the attack mm -hmm. so there's a lot of like mental health issues that go behind the Holden Albright gimmick now can you like I know you can control the mouth from the inside can you take your hand and like yeah control? It's, uh, it's off of my jaw that it just opens and closes. so uh, I'll sometimes hold it, not this one because this one's so janky right now, yeah. but I would sometimes hold it when people are like, oh yeah, the uh, that mask is cool. And I'm like, what's a mask? And I'm just opening its mouth in my hands and people, like little kids. I like threatening to burn down little kids' houses because if they're like, you're not that scary. I'm like, oh, do you enjoy where you live at the merch table? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, you won't enjoy that if it's burnt down. And they're like, you don't know where I live. And I reply, this is very much, they think <laughs> this is one-off and these are just stuff that are in my back pocket lines I'm used to saying, yeah. where it's like, you don't know where I live. I'm like, oh, I'll follow you home tonight. You don't realize how little, how much time I have. Have you ever had a father come up to you and say, what did you say to my kid? Yeah, but like very <laughs> excited and like oh, really? high five follows <laughs> and yeah. See, fa fathers... Actually, I guess families in general. Like oh, no, families in general, because I'll tell you two quick stories. Um, in Kingston, I managed uh, Abyss one time. Okay. And there was this one kid, and he's behind me, and he's just like, hey, motherfucker. Whoa. And just because I'd be like, you know, come on, Abyss, or like whatever yeah. I'd say. And he's like, shut up, motherfucker. And I could tell I was it was a kid. I was keeping this all PG-13. What's that? I was keeping this all PG-13. No, 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 no. I, that's why there's an explicit check mark on my Fair. podcast. Um like we keep it clean most of the time, yeah. but just in case, I'll I'll sit there and I'll be posting it and I'll have that option and I'll be like, I can't remember <laughs> this one. I'll remember. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and he, I knew it was a kid's voice, but I'm into the match, and then there was kind of like a lull in it or something, uh -huh. and just behind me, it's just and he's just like, hey fucker, get out of my way, and I turn around. And the kid is, like, on the guardrail, and he's like, yeah, I'm talking to you. And the father is right behind him, just laughing away. 
And I wanted to say, like, is this really how you teach your kid? Apparently. Because, like, he could have been, like, 10, 11. Yeah. And then the other one was uh, I was doing a show in Brantford. And I know, I, only because I know the father, his 8-year-old son popped me in the mouth. And the father was just elated. Like, okay, am I more concerned that the eight year old popped me in the mouth? Was or it a good working punch though, or was it No, no, stiff? no. Well like it's an eight year old punch. <laughs> okay. Like he, he really but, popped like, me. Did he catch you in like the lip on the tooth or No, he caught like, me on the he okay, caught me on the chin. Okay. Like he caught me on the chin. But the father was just thought that was the greatest because like I started like he started like pu- cutting a promo on me. <laughs> so I start cutting a promo back on him and then he punches me in the chin. And I like looked at the father because I kinda backed up just like, yeah. oh, you know, the father's gonna be like, Hey, don't you don't do No, he was laughing. He thought it was the greatest thing in the world. An eight-year-old punching a grown man, though. That's pretty funny. Okay, yeah. The swearing part's a little, like, because uh, I remember I was a kid that taught everyone else how to swear in, like, grade three or grade four because I had, like, the Stone Cold tapes. Like, I'm a big Stone Cold fan. And so, like, Austin 316 Uncensored was one of my favorite tapes growing up. So, like, I taught the other kid. When I found out that swear, if you swear, you'll get in trouble, but you won't go to prison, like, that was my guideline of, Will people be mad, and is it illegal? Like, that was my guideline in my head, and it still is for the most part. But now it's more so, how much will this hurt, but will this entertain people? As you can see today, I'm going to have a hardcore match yeah. with goddamn Ricky Shane Page, C. Brown, and then Danny Adams. But I, I wrestled Danny Adams in a, in a hardcore match before, and he has a belt, and, like, belts aren't good. We're talking about children like this, so I never swore around my parents on purpose. Every now and then it would just slip out. Yeah. And I didn't swear around them until I was like 16, 17. Mm. I didn't swear around my nun at all, and now she tells me to shut the fuck up if I'm uh, talking at the dinner table. Um, my wife's grandmother, she's very she's she's 95 I think, Ooh. and she's very proper, and my in-laws they can, they can swear. Like yeah. they. What's their background? Hungarian. Oh, okay. So they, they can really, yeah. you know, swear up a, a blue streak. And, like, my wife's grandmother is always like, oh, do you have to talk like that? Do you have to use those? Because they'll say it, like, in just normal conversation. Yeah, same with me, yeah. And they'll be, and like, do you really have to say that? Do you really have to say that? And then one day uh, we were having a family dinner, and my mother-in-law said, uh, you know, Irene, do you want dessert? And she's like, oh, I don't give a shit. And nobody batted an eyelash except for me who was sitting at another chair. And I kind of just looked at her and she just looked at me and she's just like, well, everybody else is talking like that. And I'm kind of like looking at it like, did anybody else hear this? Yeah. <laughs> so is this real right now? Yeah. And just like, did anybody else hear it? Like, what is going <laughs> And yeah, I remember the, I think I remember the first time I swore. And I don't even know why I swore. I don't even know where I got the word. It was, it was, a f- I said fuck. Okay. And it was in elementary school. And um, we were running to catch the bus for whatever reason to go home. And someone said, like, oh, I don't know if we're going to catch the bus. And I said, oh, I don't give a fuck. And I'm like in grade four or five. Yeah. I don't even know where I got it. Yeah. But I remember, like, there was a teacher as soon as I got around the corner and she just, like, looked at me like, Matthew, <laughs> why are you using that language? And then, of course, they called my mom. And my mom is just like, you know, where did you get this? And I remember telling her, I don't know. And, you know, she's like, well, what kind of words do you use? And I didn't want to say them to my mother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was, I was trying to, like, describe them. Like, you know, I don't even know if the term F word was out. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, well, you know, I, I, I say the one with the F and, and, and uh, uh, uh. Which, like, nowadays, you, like, 
there's just so much either just straight up swear words and then straight up like discriminatory words that it's like you can't just say the letter anymore you can't say the f-bomb you can't say the s-word and it's like oh are you talking about this f-word it's like no 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 not that f-word not at all <laughs> i don't care who they make love with it's not that word <laughs> um there there is one word that my um I know I got smacked for, but I can't remember if it was my mom or my dad. I said the N-bomb, but I didn't say it in a derogatory way. I said it, um, as, like, I, I've since the time I've been very young, huge fan of comedians. Comedy. Yeah. And it was probably Richard Pryor. Yeah. And he said the N-bomb. And I oh, repeat. Man, I just got into Richard Pryor, like, maybe, like, six months ago. And, like, I understand where you're saying where yeah. it just slipped out, but oh, he's well, so funny. I, I think I repeated one of his jokes. Yeah. And I got smacked for it. I can't remember. Actually, no, I can't remember who smacked me. Well, there is a track called Bicentennial N-Word. Yeah. That I'm like, that was the first where it's just like so nonchalant in it. That's Mm -hmm. like, and then you have like, now it's, they even did like an office bit of it for uh, Chris Rock, I think it was, for like the difference between black people and N-Words. And it's like, Michael Scott got in trouble because he said the joke, but Michael Scott's a white dude in an office. Yeah. I, I can't remember who it was, but someone at a wrestling show, they said the word. I, I'm assuming they were black. And I had responded, but I said N-word. And they were like, no, you can say it. Go ahead. And I'm like, I can't. I said, I can't even say the word. And I don't know if it was the smack I got or what it was. But right now, like my, I, I say damn it all the time, okay. which is nothing. To yeah, me, yeah. it's nothing. Okay, it's a kind of a bad word. But my wife was always just like, don't say that around Isaac, which is my son. Yeah. And don't say that around Isaac. And I'm like, what? It's nothing. It's it's not even bad. And, no. But no. And now, every time something goes wrong, my saying goes, damn it. I think that would be adorable, though. It is kind of. But then my wife, of course, looks at me. Are you guys a religious family? Uh, my wife is a practicing Catholic. Okay. I grew up Catholic. Okay. I'm not baptized, but I went to Catholic school okay. and everything. Um, so w- when you had to get like the uh, the wafers, you had to do the X on your chest. I never did the wafers. Ah, okay. Actually, because when I was in Catholic school, my teachers didn't know what the heck to do with me. <laughs> because we don't know how you got in here. Well, just kind of because you had to be Catholic. Yeah. And th- but back I then, I had one random. Ca- so I went to a Catholic elementary school. I I'm more atheist now, and like, but I was baptized, communionized, confirmed, all that, and I went grade one to eight in a. Uh, in a Catholic elementary school, and there was one kid, Maurice, that was that kid that was just like, that's why I was like, oh, do you have to put the X on the chest? I was supposed to. Okay. But back then, because like, I'm 41, so back then when I started going to elementary school, now you need, like, baptismal and uh, uh, pastoral references okay. and whatever to get in. Like, you can go, but then you have to kind of be accepted, yeah. which is what we're going to go through with my son next year. Um. But back then, it was, is your child Catholic? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and so everybody just assumed I was Catholic. Yeah. And when my mother, when she just, nope, let him grow up, make his own decisions, whatever he wants to believe. And in the end, I ended up agnostic. Do you know what that okay. means? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, I believe there's a higher power. I just yeah. don't subscribe to one. You don't need, like all the biblical tales for that justification. You believe there's something. I believe there's something, okay. but I look at all the different religions and yeah. go like, that doesn't make sense, that doesn't make See, sense, I, that doesn't I make sense. I look at religion for the most part as like, 
strainers where it's like this person saw it from this view so that's their view of it this person saw it from this view yeah. this person thinks it's an alien like it's all just <laughs> yeah like exactly weird stuff that's like it's over time and i also like personally for me it's religion doesn't play a factor in my life i make choices based off of like what they are yeah. and i look at it where it's like i understand a thousand years ago two thousand years ago you need at least some sort of guidelines and stuff yeah especially that that weird period that we just got out of like 60 years ago about like public executions. Yeah. So it's like, now we have a definitive, it's not after you die, don't murder anyone because you'll get punished and go to a hot place. Yeah. It's, Oh, you'll get caught for the most part. Not everyone gets caught. I had that debate with someone at work. Cause they're like, <laughs> if you become a serial killer, you might die. Uh, you might get caught. I'm like, no, that's not real. No, like Japanese intro. Japanese intro? Okay. <laughs> this is Ethan Page. I'm very sorry to interrupt the podcast. That was very rude of me, but we have to run a wrestling show. Thank you, boss. <laughs> Thank you, boss. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, oh, religion. So when people tell me, like, well, do you fo follow a guideline? Because yeah. when I say I'm agnostic and I believe there's a higher power, I just don't subscribe to one. Now, the only reason I do that is I remember in my early teens, I was like, I don't believe in religion. Yeah. This is stupid. I thought the Bible was kind of like the game telephone where, you know, like okay. everybody. Yeah. Now it's just become such a glorified thing. Yeah. Um, that people are like, well, um, like, as I said, in my early teens, I didn't believe in anything. When I was 18, um, and I think I've said this on the podcast before, I was diagnosed with cancer. Okay. And the day that they told me that, because, like, my parents always said, just try to be the best person you can be. So when they told me that the day of, okay, everybody clears out of my room after they've told me that this is this is what's going on. And I'm sitting there and I, I'm going like, what the heck did I do? Yeah. Why did you do this to me? Mm. What 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 did I do? I've been a good person. Yeah. Why are you doing this to me? And it was at that moment, I was 18, and I kind of like, oh, I'm talking to somebody. Okay, okay. But in my mind, I, I knew, because like I justified it with my parents. I said like, listen, like you know what my feelings are. But this happened, and they're just yeah. like, okay, well, you kind of – I still had to make my own decisions. Yeah. So that's when I believed there's something out there. I think it's lazy. Like, I definitely think because for me it was, like, my teen years that's, like – I've always liked conspiracy theories, aliens, Bigfoot, all that. But, like, I watched so much of it that I don't know what I actually believe. And I think that bled off into religion where it's, like, I was just told – like, I almost failed religion in grade 5, 6, 7. Yeah. Or – six seven and eight at the end of high school but like there's or the end of elementary school but there's no way they could have like if i failed math they're like go to summer school for two to four weeks if i failed religion what do i do just go to a church for a week like mm -hmm. so i kept getting like 51s and 55s because they're like and the thing that they wrote down was he understands what's written but not how to use it in a day-to-day -day life if that was about math and I could figure out like long division, yeah. but I didn't know when in life I was going to use long division, I'd still get like an 85, 90. <laughs> so like they never failed me for religion, but like it's very much, I've always been more of a, if I can see it or I see someone else do it or I've witnessed it in some way, I'm like, okay, that's factual. Yeah. If the wind blows, I don't go, oh, that was like a good thing. I don't, I put up like a tweet like four or five years ago. That's like destiny, fate, uh, the new words for that is hard work and hustle and like that pays off because you you get out what you put in and yes. if my my family's always been like real bad with like oh it'll work its way out but then they just like wouldn't clean the stove and there's flies and it's like no you need to do something yourself you just can't bet on everything will just work out yeah. so like my version of damn it was 
I love JR. So I'll say, like, goddamn all the time. Yeah. My sister would always yell at me for that. She's four years older than me. She's like, don't say goddamn. Don't put God's name in vain. And then, like, saying Jesus Christ and all this. Like, I'm, I'm like, I don't care. They're just good words to say that don't offend most people. And yeah. it's just like you can say it without thinking, oh, is there a four-year-old nearby? Yeah. We, uh, but we were talking about, uh, you know, I have to cross my arms and stuff. And I said, teachers didn't know what to do with me. So every year I remember, like, from kindergarten all the way up to grade six, my teachers had a policy of what to do with Matt. Like, there was times I didn't have to go up. There was times I would go up and cross my arms. There was times I would go up and actually take the offering. So, you know, because I, I, I just think I was going up there and they were just handing stuff out. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, I'll take this yeah. and I'll eat the cardboard or yeah. whatever the heck. It, the wafer. That's the what wafer. it was, the wafer. So, yeah, my, my teachers never really knew what to do with me. They're figuring out as they go. How did this Matt Terry boy get in this Well, room? yeah, and I was telling my wife the other day, I said, I wish I still had it, but um, I can't remember if it was confirmation or what okay. it was, but everybody in my class was getting a personalized Bible. Okay. And the, the, the preacher, Father Tom Riappel, I remember that, he, uh, he was going to hand them to us in a special yeah. service. And, but it, uh, my, I remember my teacher saying, but Matthew, you're not getting one. You know, you're not getting one. You're not getting one. You're not getting one. And then I remember sitting there and the, the, the Father Tom Riappel going, Matthew Terry, and we kind of like, okay. And so going up and getting this Bible. And I, I, it's, it was, I don't know, it was like, I don't know, three inches by it two. It was a rib on you, though? It was just an empty notebook? <laughs> no, like it was a nice little personalized. Yeah. It had my name on I, it. it had I think I may have gotten that. So, yeah, and I wish I still had it to this day. Um, I, I blame that. Like, my mom passed away, like, four years ago. Okay. And, um, like, she lived in Ottawa. I live in the Niagara region. So there was, like, a three- or four-day span that I was going to be leaving after she passed, and I wasn't going to come back. Okay? Like, her house was going to be sold and everything. So now, today, I find myself going, oh, I should have found that. Yeah. Oh, I should have looked for that. Oh, I should have got this. And Because I'm, I'm sure my mom, because my mom kept everything. Yeah. Um. I did help uh, clean out stuff a little bit, uh-huh. and my mom had a drawer that had, like, a lot of our old art projects. Oh, that's adorable. Um, like, my birth announcement was in there. Um, the letter from my brother when he moved out, because he moved out when he was, like, 16. Okay. And, and he didn't want to tell my parents that he was just dropping out of school and leaving. So it was just, like, peace out. Yeah, just kind of just, like, you know, you know, I'll, I, I can't put you through this. I don't want to go to school. You know, it's boring, whatever he said. Yeah. And I found this letter and I showed it to my brother. I'm like, oh, by the way, I found this. And he's just like, oh, let's see what bullshit I put in here. <laughs> and he's just like reading it. And he's like laughing. It's just yeah. like, yeah, that wasn't true. Yeah, that wasn't true. Yeah, that wasn't true. <laughs> see, like every time I hear people tell stories about like mementos and stuff, like I moved a bunch as a kid. Like my house went into foreclosure when I was like nine. So like we couldn't even take everything out and then my parents like bought a storage unit but once again not on top of stuff so like the monthly payment like lapsed because like there was a weird miscommunication in the mail and i'm like 13 or 12 and i'm like wait you guys haven't visited the storage unit in a while and they call us like four months like yeah we already like auctioned it off because all the letters were returned to sender and i'm like i'm 12 and i'm figuring this out for you guys yeah and then i've gone through so many like volatile mood swings or like acts of anger that they're definitely some bipolar stuff like i'm literally going to a therapist this week yeah um it should have been last week but i just don't sleep and i over schedule <laughs> stuff so i wasn't gonna make it on time but uh what's it called and there's like there was this weird thing that my sister and i had where it was like 
birth announcement, kind of, but it's like a small little thing. Like maybe the size of this table we're at. And it just says like your way, date of birth, and your name. And like I remember I was like so angry when I was like 13 or 12 that I like broke that in half. What really pisses me off now thinking back of like not thinking things through, it's like my uncle from Connecticut would send me like a coin collection every year for my birthday. Yeah. And it's like I'm sure like you pay 30 bucks for it because it's like – all organized and it's like special limited edition yeah. coin. But like between like the Looney, Toonies, Quarter, whatever, I think there's like face value, like $4 in all these collections. Yeah. And I threw out 12 years worth of it. So I'm like, I threw out like 52 bucks, not including the fact that it was a collector's item that I probably could have sold for 10 bucks. I'm yeah. just like, that's how angry like my family got in my head where I'm just like, I literally cost myself money uh-huh. just to throw garbage out. Um, Mementos. I don't know if I've ever told this story, Ooh, but it's a wrestling yeah. podcast, so let's tell it. Yeah. Um, the six or seven inch LJN figures, okay, yeah. the rubber ones. Um, I started collecting them when I was like seven, okay. something like that. So my parents, uh, like I come from a poor family. And so every birthday and Christmas, that's what the grandparents and my parents. and That, that was, was Matt's thing. That was my thing. Like get me an LJN that I didn't have. Yeah. The only time, I'll throw this in, the only time we bought it, outside of my birthday, Christmas, or graduating, or not graduating, but passing to the next year, um, those were the big milestones, was we were in a Kmart, and every time we go to Kmart, go to the toy section, see which ones they had. Not just Kmart, every section. Well, yeah, well, back in my day, because how old are you? I'm I'm turning 27 next month. Okay, I'm 14 years older than you. So then it was just Kmart. There wasn't okay. Walmart. I guess there was Zellers. Okay. But anyway, yeah. we Because I was assuming you just crossed the border. That's why you mentioned Kmart. No, no, no. Oh, but yeah, no. Kmart was in Canada. Oh, Kmart was, bit, right? yeah. But I would always go to the toy section, and uh, I'd see which ones they had. And there was two. Or, sorry. we. I walked over, and immediately I grabbed one, and I ran to my mom, and I said, Mom, they have Hulk Hogan. Like the old Hulk Hogan, like with just the yellow tights and everything. Yeah. And this was like the height of Hulkamania, impossible to find. Yeah. And I went to my mom and I said, Mom, they have Hulk Hogan. And my mom's just kind of like, oh, yeah, we're going to get that. Like, because <laughs> like, she knew. Yeah. She knew I wasn't just asking for a toy. This was the Hulk Hogan. I think that was me with like Stone Cold stuff. Like I even, I joke that I have a Stone Cold rule. So in January, like I literally, there's a skull on my leg that is definitely a Stone Cold tribute tattoo. Yep. It doesn't say Austin 316 on it, but it's a broken skull with a rattlesnake going around it and blue smoke coming out of its eyes. Uh, a referee named Jimmy uh, Hellbent in the area has done like most of my tattoos, almost all of them except this one little lightning bolt. Uh, he's done almost all of Josh's stuff. And yeah. I just told him, I just want a broken skull. That's all I want. And then he just started drawing it, and then he drew, like, the whole thing and posted on his Instagram story with Austin's music behind it. I'm like, is that my tattoo for tomorrow? He's like, yeah, man, I went a little overboard. I'm like, it's it's fucking awesome. I'm excited. So now I have, like, if I see a Stone Cold logo on something, I'm like, shit, I think I have to buy it. And in January, myself, Justin Sane, Jimbo Jones, and someone else went to Chicago for an Ultimo Dragon seminar. But it was hosted at Pro Wrestling Tees. So we went in there. Oh, so many okay. Austin shirts. I'm like, I can't spend like 150 US on just Austin shirts. So I bought one at least. So yeah. I was like, I need to get at least one Stone Cold thing if that's my that's my Stone Cold rule. So I think I also have a bunch of random Stone Cold figures from when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. Well, after like growing up, I kept getting all these wrestlers. And then when I got into my, my mid-teens, late teens, early 20s, they weren't putting them out anymore. 
So I was finding them in like pawn shops, secondhand shops, things like that. I remember. I call those the pretty rookie specials. <laughs> I would. Fu- I, f- I remember I found uh, Superfly. I found Honky Tonk Man. I found Jesse Ventura, like just randomly. Yeah. And uh, 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 okay, I'll finish the story, then I'll ask you the question. Um, so I'm 22, 23, and um, I lived with this girl, and we had a sunroom. That's where we did our smoking. Uh, oh, I smoked. She didn't. And then there was a storage room just off, and I had all my wrestlers. I had like 60 of them. Okay. And I had them in a box. Actually, I had them in a cooler. <laughs> okay. Okay, like an old school cooler. And I'm sitting there smoking, and I look, and there's this space in the storage room. And I'm like, like this thing's usually like packed right yeah. up. I'm like, what's missing? And I'm like looking around, like, do we get rid of something? Or I'm looking around, and I realize the cooler's not here. So I open the door. I'm getting so much anxiety. I open the door and I said, "Sweetie, I said, where's the cooler?" She goes, "I sold it." I said, "You sold my wrestlers?" And she's like, "Yes." And I said, "Why?" She's like, "A 22-year-old or whatever, a 22-year-old man doesn't need dolls." And and this is like 20 years ago. This is like yeah, height of wrestling, but like you can't sell stuff. That's like you can't post it, so you're not getting good value for it. Yeah, especially when it's a, it's a piece of shit that doesn't know what they're talking about and just selling. Because this happened to my Nintendo Entertainment System at a garage sale when I was delivering newspaper when I was seven. I I'm getting hot right now, Matt <laughs> Terry. Like I understand leaving and coming back and not having a Nintendo Entertainment se- uh, System. Yeah. That's why the anxiety was like, oh, no. <laughs> well, that wasn't even the end of it. Like I said, who'd you sell them to? And she told me, and I ne- I didn't go get them. Fast forward, I had over 200 VHS wrestling videos. Yeah. Like NWA, uh, WWE. Were I had all like the WrestleMania. kind of stuff? No, or like no, no. The official release. This was, um, I'm from a small town called Osgood. Okay. Right next to Osgood is a small town called Manatic. Okay. And Manatic had a video store. And I kind of had an ongoing deal with them that they would bring in the new wrestling. I would rent it. But then eventually people would lose interest in it. Not a lot of people rented them. When they would lose interest in them, they would sell them to me for like next to nothing. Like I'd buy them for like three or four bucks each. So I had like this huge collection. And it was only, it was for me. Like I couldn't resell them because they had all the stickers for the video store and, and everything on them. But I knew what they were. And one day I came home. And I had them on a bookshelf, and I walked through the living room, and that bookshelf was empty. And I and I remembered, like two years before, with my wrestlers. Was this the same girl? Same girl. You're I was I was I was with her for like five years. How hot was she? How good was the sex? No. Okay. No. You, you fucked up. Love is blind. Uh. Anyway, I said, "Where are my videos?" She goes, "I pawned them." I said, why the hell? Well, we need the money. We don't need because we didn't. Yeah. We didn't need the money. I was working. She was working. Like, we don't need the money. Why? Anyway, things were starting. Like, we kind of started budgeting a little bit because yeah. I can't remember what happened, but we had to budget a little bit. And uh, she said, well, we needed the money. I said, well, how much did you get for them? And she ended up getting like 100 bucks, so like 50 cents yeah. per video. Now, I. Because they probably also saw it as just people are going to record over this. So I said, well, where did you sell them? And we had a, a pawn shop. Well, we had two pawn shops that were close. Yeah. And I've always shopped at pawn shops. Yeah. So they knew me. And I took $100 a month because she wouldn't give me the money. Yeah. So I took my money. I went back and, like, they know me. And I said, dude, she sold my videos. I said, here's your 100 bucks. Give me my videos back. Yeah. And it was just, like, later that day. And they were like, well, we can't. I said, why not? Because she sold them. I said, but I'm like, come on, dude. Like, I understand What's the rules. Name? Rachel. 
Fuck you, Ray. I know. No, I, I hate having enemies. I will go. I will search out people that I've wronged or I've wait, wronged wait, wait. me. Wait, wait, This is being recorded in case like there's a fire at their house. Maybe don't say this part. Well, no, no, no. That you hunt down your enemies. No, no. There's only one person. No, no. I, I find my. If I've wronged someone or they've yeah. wronged me, after like a year or two, I'm very, I'm very known to get a hold of them and uh. say, "Hey, how are you? Let's just throw it away." Oh wow, you're a real adult. The only person is Rachel. Yeah. That's the only person. Okay. So I went there and I like, okay, guys, I know how this works. I know, but come on. Like, yeah. she's not going to come here and do this. Here's your hundred bucks. Just give me the videos, tear up the paperwork, whatever you have to yeah. do. They're like, we can't, we can't do that. And because it's in the computer and all this stuff. And I said, well, how the hell do I get my videos back? Either she had to come back within 30 days or I had to file a police report against her. And again, love is blind. And you didn't file that police I didn't. report. I'm not going to file a police report against my girlfriend. Yeah. Love is blind. I hate Rachel. Uh, Next yeah. So I have a, a rule. I'll say it off of Erica. It could kind of come off discriminatory, but it's not against any. It's against most white women, to be honest. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have mom issues, clearly, as I'm talking about all the screwed up things of my family. And it's like most overweight white women for me start at a dislike of me where it's like they don't dislike me. I dislike them. There's a I picture there's three parts of a scale for Brendan Caulfield. It's I'll love you. I'll take a bullet for you. There's a middle of just like whatever, just like disinterest either way. And then there's a small little hate. <laughs> so like those are the three. And I'll explain this to some people mm -hmm. and they'll get offended that they're the, in the disinterest. But I have to tell them it's like a uh, it's like a pole where it guides it like a, a plazometer where it guides where it's like you can get close to the love thing, but you can also get close to the disinterest thing if you're in the love and like white overweight white women end up on closer to the dislike thing for me and they have to earn my disinterest of them <laughs> so like now if i see if someone's like hi i'm rachel i'm gonna immediately think i hate are you, you. that rachel no no not that you're oh. that she could be eight and be like oh this is my kid rachel i'm like she's gonna grow up to be a bitch no. yeah that's just how it goes there was one time after i had broken up with rachel my buddy mike my best friend in the entire world hated rachel they hated each other Okay, I was now always I think the they're banging on the side. No. Okay. Oh no 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 no. Okay, I I always had to be the referee with them. Yeah. Constantly, because like you are a good referee. You refereed me and C Brown at MCW a few years. Oh, thank ago. you. But I would always like, a, a family events or whatever, they would both be there, yeah. and inevitably they and I'd be like, just shut up, like come on, like you don't have to, and yeah. all this, and they they, they just hated each other. Now I can't remember where I was going with this. We we're oh, so. I broke up with Rachel. I broke up Yay. with her several times. And I broke up with her the final time. I hadn't seen her for like six months. And uh, to make a little extra money, I'm, I, I'm always very known to, to take side jobs. Okay. Like right now I have a great job with the YMCA, but I still take like little side jobs. Yeah. Like I'll work for Santa's Village at the yeah. mall and stuff like that. So I had a good job. I think I was with the homeless shelter in Ottawa at that point. Cool. But I had taken a side job doing karaoke uh, jockeying. Okay, like okay. karaoke hosting? Yeah, I was okay. hosting karaoke, and that's when like karaoke was like everywhere. Okay. So, I was doing that, and... What's your go-to karaoke song? I got Devil Went Down to Georgia, Friends in Low Places, and uh, I think In the Club by 50 Cent. I think uh -oh. those are my three. <laughs> okay, so Low Places, I will... Uh, I, I, I'll do that one. But The Devil Went Down to Georgia... Um, I almost dated a stripper one time 
and I remember the first time she ever came out, she danced to that song. I'm a huge fan of like naturally beautiful women. Uh-huh. Like I don't like overdone. Yeah. Me- like you know, it took you an hour to get ready. Yeah. I love naturally beautiful women. Yeah. Just don't touch like it. No effort. Just, exactly. Yeah. And she was just mm-hmm. you saying that reminded me. Um, See, the first time I went to a strip club, I uh, I walked in. It was for a buddy's birthday, and it was another buddy that he ended up paying to have sex with a stripper. So clearly, he was just horny, and that's yeah. why we ended up at the strip club. <laughs> but I looked around. And in the middle was like this stereotypical blonde, big hair, uh, big boobs, big uh, butt, big hair too. Mm. In the middle, dancing to uh, American Badass by Kid Rock. And then on the right TV screen was Friday Night Smackdown. And on the left TV screen was uh, porn, but in the middle of an anal scene. And I'm like, Friday Night Smackdown, yeah, that checks off one of my likes. It's a stereotypical hot chick dancing to Kid Rock. There's another check mark. I'm like, Am I into anal sex? <laughs> like I'm like the other ones are just falling into place, and this is very sitcom yeah. like TV show. And I was like, yeah, I was like, wait, maybe I don't know. Anyway, my go-to songs with karaoke are probably anything Bare Naked Ladies. Okay. Um, I used to be big on Creed. Uh, because Creeds are pretty easy. Yeah. Um, I'm a country fan. Okay. So probably a lot of country stuff. So, but yeah, those are probably my go-tos. But anyway, I was saying, uh, I'm hosting one night, yes. and this girl walks up to me, and or like she comes up to do her song, and I start talking to her like while I'm getting everything ready. And as the night goes, like I have zero game, yeah. zero women game at Same. all. The fact I'm married and my wife is beautiful is just <laughs> mind blowing. Baby, in her real quick. No, oh no, no. We Ooh. waited like six, seven years to do that. Damn. Anyway, so. The fact, yeah, the fact I'm married is, is, but I could tell something was here, and it's just kind of like I would say something, and it would work. Yeah. And then I would say something, and it would, ju- and I was just like, okay, this is working, this is working, and like she was pretty hot, and I'm just like, okay, this is working, this is working, this is working. And Mike stops by, best friend in the entire world, who hates Rachel. He shows up after work one night, and uh, he um, he comes in, and she comes up, and she goes. Like, uh, it wasn't even her turn. She came up, and she says, I'm leaving soon. She's like, would you like to get together sometime? And I said, I would love to. And so she gave me her phone number. So Mike comes in, and I'm just like, Mike, Mike, dude. Like, I'm like, you see that girl over there? And I was like, she gave me her phone number, and she wants to do something. I said, dude, I don't know what I've done, but I've just kind of, you know, little step, little step, little step, and it's all worked. I don't know what I did, but I, 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 like, I'm I'm doing good. And he's like, awesome. He goes, what's her name? And I said, Rachel. And he's just like, ugh. (laughs) I'm like, no, no, not, uh. it's obviously not that Rachel. And he's like, oh, you might be falling into, I don't care if I'm falling into a pit. Like, look. And he, and I want to fall into the pit between her legs. But I was living with him at the time yeah. and he would not let me call her. He's like, no, dude, I think you're just, I think you're just attracted to the name. Like, no, I'm attracted to her. Like, yeah. look at her. I, uh. It's funny. I heard a story recently of someone getting a phone number from a stripper and their friends throwing that, throwing the number out. Because they're like, no, it, it, clearly she's an escort. Like, just <laughs> like, no, she loves me. It's like, no. So, anyway, um, you probably got to get ready soon. I, I love the fact that you could title this episode, Let's Talk About Everything That Isn't Pro Wrestling. Well, a little bit of wrestling. Toys. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about sex and toys. Strippers. Not related. And strippers. That's been my, like, October theme this year, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to let you go get ready. Cool. Thank you very much, Brandon. Thank you very much. Have a good one.
All right, confession time. Other than the fact that I'm sitting here eating Prince Isaac's Halloween candy. Um, Holden Albright was um, one of the guys that I didn't think I would have a good rapport with uh, on the podcast, and I was totally, totally wrong. And uh, him and I, I, I say this all the time. I say this, how I have to sit down with these people and uh, talk even more about stuff. Um, and, and Holden, once again, he falls into that category. Maybe we'll sit down and actually talk wrestling next time. Who knows? But uh, really, really, really enjoyed the opportunity to sit down with Holden Albright and uh, and chat about, as, as you heard, just a lot of stuff other than wrestling. Um, great, great guy, Holden Albright. Uh, before I let you go, this Friday, that yes, next Friday, sorry, next Friday, uh, two twenty-two Queenston Road. It's going to be um, wrestling with ALS trivia night. Uh, it's time to fight is hosting that night, so be sure to uh, to come on down. Doors will open at seven o'clock. The trivia is going to start at seven o'clock. It's ten dollars per person. There's all kinds of levels. There's going to be questions and categories for everybody. And uh, we're raising money for um, Wrestling with ALS. Uh, also, on Saturday, uh, I'm going to be in Brantford, Ontario for uh, Magnificent Championship Wrestling's um, Immortal event, the headlined by the steel cage match between Beautiful Bia defending the MCW Championship against Sabrina Kyle. And then on Sunday, it is the final act from uh, Alpha One Wrestling. Going to be back at 222 Queenston Road for that great event. The doors will open it at 3.30 or maybe 3 o'clock. The doors will open at 3 o'clock. Let's say that. Doors will open at 3 o'clock. Bell's going to ring at 4 o'clock because we're, they're a bit of a stickler for that. Uh, the bell will ring at 4 o'clock, so be sure to be there for 4 o'clock so you can take in that event. Uh, gold tickets are already sold out, so be sure to grab your general admission while you have the chance. But before that, uh, other than the trivia night next Friday, be sure to tune in for another episode of It's Time to Fight podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you all next week. Prince Isaac, I love you, buddy. I love it, too.